Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest, Rick Delarata, is considered by many to be one of the finest singer pianists performing today and one of only a handful of jazz artists who can make a successful musical presentation to a large audience without having to abandon the true art form of jazz. Through his lifelong endeavour to help people advance to their highest potential through jazz, as well as spreading peace worldwide through his Jazz for Peace World Tour, Rick is considered to be an innovator and a visionary. So why have we got Rick on our podcast? Well, Rick believes the study and performance of music not only stimulates the intellect, but it has a historical proven ability to have a profound positive effect on a child's life. He wants to play a part in introducing children to the world's greatest art form, as well as bringing live music and music programs back to schools. This is the Strong, Single and Human podcast. Hi, Rick. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on board. Claire, I'm so delighted to be here. No, I can't wait for our conversation because... I don't think I've ever had, I don't think, I know, I have never had a professional jazz musician on the podcast, right? And and you're doing so many good things. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm much appreciated. Glad to be here. No. Um, so look, Rick, tell us a little bit about all right, who you are. Um, I know I've introduced, introduced you as a professional jazz musician, but there's so much to you. And and like what, sure. what you're doing, and where you are? Because are you in yes. New York? Yes. So my name my name is Rick Delarada. Uh, I'm a jazz pianist, singer, composer, but I'm also the founder of Jazz for Peace, which I started on the morning of 9/11, right here in New York, when I was watching those wild and crazy events from my rooftop. So I started a poem, started as a poem, and it just developed into a lot of things which have enabled me to uh, kind of fulfill my dreams uh, of bringing music to around the world to help outstanding causes, to uh, do educational programs for kids, music instrument donations, things of that nature. And um, one of the things I love to do is, and I've loved to do around the world, is interact with kids. They love music. And I don't know what it is. I think they just love to, they also love to know that somebody cares for them. And they, I think they love when someone comes in outside the school. I don't know. It was special to me when I was a kid. And I want to bring that special feeling that was brought to me by these guys that would show up and do their little thing for us, for me, when I was a kid. And I would say, wow, he does that. He, that's what he does, man. Maybe I could something like that when I grew up or yeah. maybe I can have, you know, 
that looks like a fun type of thing to do or whatever they thought, you know, but I know what I thought. I was like, wow, that's, that sounds like a big deal. Uh, and just, you know, show that we're on their side. We care for them. We, we look up to them. You know, we look, uh, we look forward to their, they're our future and they mean something and they're important. And kids just love to know that, that, that we feel that way about them or especially that somebody feels that way about them. Um, so what I do when I go into schools is I do like a, um, Often I'll do like a historical thing going through the different um, different uh, eras of jazz to show kids what New Orleans, how it started in wow. New Orleans, then it moved to the bebop era, then it got involved in movies and film, and then it you know became a part of our culture and all that kind of stuff. And then came you know musicians like us who now are trying to put their stamp. So I'll do a little bit of that now. I'll play a song from maybe the old 1940s or something. It was recorded by Etta James. It's called uh, Sunday Kind of Love. I'll do a little bit of that. And then I'll go into something that uh, I, I just going to make up. It's free improvisation. I call it Free J.A. Um, uh, after, after Free J.A. Free J.A. Now, is there another yes, meaning to Free J.A.? So I'll give you three <laughs> guesses, but you know what I mean. So, yeah, somebody I oh, love. Okay. Is it a famous, right. is it an infamous yeah, Australian maybe? So somebody <laughs> do want a free, I mean, it's it's yeah. about jazz for peace, you know, really standing up for things like freedom of speech, uh, journalistic integrity. We want journalists to write about what they see. We don't want them to be attacked for writing about it. And we don't want anyone dropping any bombs. These countries want a war with themselves. That's up to them. But don't harm the civilians. So in that way, I get to play this thing called Free J.A., which really comes from uh, Haiti, because I did a concert in Haiti, and they had a big sign that said, Welcome Jazz for yes. Peace, J-A-S-S. And that's because it's their word. It's a Creole word, and it's called jazz, J-A-S-S. And that's where they, they came from, you know, uh, from Ghana to Haiti to New Orleans, where they were calling the music jazz as it was evolving. But it's their word, Creole word, J-A-S-S. Wow. Then we misspelled it J-A-Z-Z. So I took those, I took the S's off, took the Z's off. Now I have free J-A. And it's going to be new. I'm going to make it up as I go along. It's part of, uh, at, part of an era called free jazz, where musicians in New York uh, would get together and spontaneously improvise. So in other words, I'm going to do something that's a, a, a song that people would know of back in the day. And then I'm going to go into something that no one's ever heard, especially me. I don't know what I'm going to do. So we'll soon find out. And this is what you, and this is what you do for the kids, is it? This is what you go into schools and you actually sort of do sort of this well, sort like, of thing for the children. Yeah. I take the different eras of jazz. No, well, yes. Yeah, yeah, and and it, because music is so important in our lives, right? Like it can make you happy, sad. It can bring people together. You know, um, it's such a like I I feel like music as a human being, right? Doesn't matter what color you are, what religion you are, anything like. That, as a human being, music is universal, right? It's it's something that's in our body, in our spirit that just wakes you know, us up. It, it cuts through all boundaries, you know, whether it's language, religion, creed, every kind of boundary uh, that it can, you know, that it, it, it breaks through all boundaries. And uh, it has a long history of uniting people in a positive way and also having a profoundly positive effect on people. 
So it just, mm. and we need, you yeah. know, we need to make it a part of kids' lives, not just, you know, music as, you know, an accompaniment to their cartoon, but the actual, you know, arts and culture in general, the arts and culture. So this is a little bit of the American art form of jazz, uh, which I will attempt. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, great. I want a Sunday kind of love Of the last past Saturday night I'd like to know it's more than love At first sight
Wow. That's amazing. Fantastic. Thank you for that. That's awesome. So you just went from a song that was originally um, broadcast, and published, recorded. Yeah. yeah. An old standard. Uh, what would yeah. they call that? Uh, yeah, a chestnut. They have little terms for that. An old standard is what we call it, a jazz standard. Ah, a jazz standard. And then you went into your own I just piece. made that completely up. It will ne- you could that, Whatever you heard, it can never be played again because wow. I don't know what it was. I made it up completely from, you know what? It's a part of, it's a part of the the time of day. It's a part of you being where you are, our vibe, our thing. Every little nuance plays into what I just did and I could never repeat it. If somebody wants to hear this, they got to come to your show and hear it. Well, they've got to record it. They got to come to your <laughs> podcast and hear it if they want to. Yeah. And people do. Sometimes they They'll go to different. Oh, really? The different, yes. What I try to do is try to get people to your podcast. Wow, she's doing something interesting with kids and education. And then somebody else, oh, they're doing something with perceptions in the UK, you know, so different things. So hopefully they the, the different po- people can find out about each other. Yeah, no, it, well, exactly, exactly. And it's just awesome because, well, that just came from you, right? Yeah, At the end of the day, it came from your fingers and your heart, basically. You're right. And it just comes out of complete. It comes through me, kind of. I try to let it come through me. You know, I'm hoping that it's some sort of a collection of my all my experiences, my journey, whatever it was. You know, I try to just keep keep all keep everything. You know, where you know different countries I've been to, different places I play, different things I've done, and then just keep the funnel open and just see what comes through the spigot. I just turn it on and see what happens. Yeah. No. Exactly. What. But Rick, a question I've got, and when you were playing all of that, and it's beautiful, it's fantastic, right? But why jazz for you, right? Why not classical music? Why not rock, right? Why not? Why jazz? Why did you pick jazz? And how did you pick well, jazz? Well, a lot of people have asked that exact question. And it's a great question because, you know, when I decided I wanted to be a musician, Really, I wasn't listening to jazz. I didn't know what jazz was. I didn't find out what jazz was till I was maybe a teenager. And it was kind of by accident. I was in a library and I was like, what's what's this? And I opened some big giant drawer and saw all these records. I'm like, what the heck? You know, so it was just, you know, I was I was very happy with the music on the radio and my classical lessons that I you know, had to take because I was messing around with the piano so much. My parents was like, hey, kid, you know, you got to you got to take you got to study this. So, you know, I was okay with it, but then the, the, when I found out about jazz, I was like, oh man, I, I can't, I can't, um, like, I can't tiptoe around this. It's too big. You know what I mean? This is like something that is, this is something substantial and I've got to get to the bottom of it, of which I didn't know was bottomless, you know, but I didn't want to get to the bottom of it. But not only that, yeah. what I noticed as I went along with jazz is that, it had many of our greatest qualities as a human beings and as a species. Now, music does in general, don't get me wrong, but with jazz, uh, it was relating to the improvisational side with me. So I love the creativity involved with jazz. You understand the feelings of freedom that you can get. I mean, as you saw, I, I could literally play anything I wanted just now. The freedom, right? The expression of freedom, the creativity, the intellectuality, you know, it, 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 it's um, the, the challenges you intellectually, emotionally. Um, there's humanity. 
Yeah, you're not just plonking on a keyboard, are you? You're not just like, because I know, <laughs> I know some people out there, God love them. But when it comes to jazz, they go, oh, they're just plonking on a keyboard and like, you know, just playing any old thing, right? But it is, it's technical, right? And it's, you know, it's from your heart and, you know, jazz takes many, many forms. Well, see. It's not just, oh, this is jazz. Like, it's many things. It's, first of all, it's many things. So you're absolutely right. One time I had an, an, a couple of old people, very old people, they came up to me and they said, now they had they didn't really know my music, they just knew I was a jazz musician. You know, I gotta tell you something, we don't like jazz. And I said, oh, really? I said, well, um, now I knew they were older. I said, well, do you like Artie Shaw? And they said, oh, we love Artie Shaw. Oh, okay. Because I had played with the Artie Shaw band. This was an orchestra, old time music. And I'm like, well, do you like Louis Armstrong? Louis Armstrong, we love that. Oh, well, do you like, um, you know, Benny Goodman, Frank? We love, I said, well, then I ha I'm sorry to tell you, but you like jazz. That's a part of the jazz. That's a part of jazz. And I'm so sorry, but to have to tell you, but you do like it. You might not like certain styles or whatever. But see, what I try to do here and what I also try to do with the kids is rather than just go flying into my own thing, you know what I mean? It might work. It might not. It might work. I don't know. But I've noticed that this works, right, where I lure them in with something familiar and comfortable and you know like like you know what i mean i mean listen i can do it with a beatles song i did it on a podcast with an elvis song i did it with an elvis song i played an elvis really? yeah i did elvis presley um i did elvis presley um the ghetto you know that song in the ghetto i played in oh wow i played in yeah. the ghetto by elvis presley and then i went into the jazz from there but the whole point is I bring, I take them from right. a point of reference and comfort and now they're in my world. So it's up, you know, instead of, instead of me, instead of making it difficult for them, I kind of make them in. Now it's hard for them to, it's made me hard to get for them to get out at this point. Cause I've got them so comfortable and now they're able to follow what I'm doing. And, you know, the thing about a lot of jazz, if you're really able to listen to it, that's when it's phenomenal. I'll tell you something interesting. I've had many a people that don't understand anything about jazz say they don't like it. They don't understand it. Now, I can tell they don't. I can tell yeah. it flies right over their head. They don't understand anything. I have never, never once have I had a person who had, you know, trained their ear and listened a lot and really immersed and really understood what was going on. Never had one of them say they don't like, never, never happens. So part of the reason is they don't understand it. And what I'm trying to do is throw that all, all out the window. I don't care whether you understand it or not. I'm going to try and hold your attention. And if I hold your attention and I play something of substance, hopefully you're going to react the way you just did. That's my that's my strategy. Because I could tell you oh, followed it. Right? Well, it's music, what? isn't it? Well, yeah, and the thing is, it's music, right? So I it's a bit like tasting. Well, no, I don't know what it's a bit because it's like in music, you like mm -hmm. it. And there might be there were elements I didn't understand you right. playing. And then there was other elements I was like, Wow, this is awesome. I, you right. know, I could see how it all fitted together and then could hear you getting to towards the, you know, getting towards the end and and playing on it. I'm not technical. I have got no jazz bones. 
in my body, right? But I know what I like and I liked what you were playing. So that's awesome. And like I've been, we've got jazz clubs in Melbourne. So anybody who wants to go and experience jazz, there's the Black Cat in Melbourne. It's a jazz club, little jazz. We should get you over, Rick. You could come and play at the Black Cat if it's still open. (laughs) But, um, you know, we've got jazz clubs in Melbourne that I've been to and they do jazz and the blues clubs. Um, And, you know, it's awesome. And they're packed with people because... You know, they're in there in just enjoying music. It doesn't matter whether it's jazz or whatever. But, um, you know, and I'll, yeah, no, that's. Yeah, I mean, I personally I, think, I think that it's music awesome. should be challenging. It shouldn't be only, you know, what you understand. I mean, to me, if it challenges you, that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, I know myself as I was listening to jazz. Uh, there was a lot of it. I, I I would understand this. I wouldn't understand that. But then I would develop the understanding by not, you know, you have to start somewhere. You have to not understand it to understand it. You know what I mean? You have to, it's a, you know what? There's a learning curve. Yeah. And jazz is a little bit more, maybe more complicated than mainstream. Right. But, but tell me about these. So, so you go into schools and you play and educate children around music and jazz and, and, you know, various different other things. But you also, you mentioned earlier, you also have a music, like a music program where you give instruments. Tell me about all of that because sure, that's sure, just sure. awesome. So what we did when we started Jazz for Peace, we, we decided to have three missions. One was the Benefit Concert Series where we, where we do events for outstanding causes. Another one is a musical instrument donation program where we donate instruments to uh, underprivileged youth and, and even adults. I mean, to me, you know, to me, a uh, a music is a weapon of goodness. You know what I mean? It's, you know, oh. I want you to fire, I'm going to give you a musical instrument and you can fire that at people. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. 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 So, um, you know, it, it stimulates the intellect. It, it just, it can mean so much to a kid. It can mean so much to an adult even, you know, and um, basically what it is is people will donate instruments to us and then we have to fix them up. Once we fix them up, okay, we donate it to somebody else. And sometimes people call, hey, I've got this giant piano. Well, you know, we can't accept a piano, but here's what we can do. Where are you located? What's the zip code? What's the, you know, give us the vicinity. We'll try to find somebody in that region and they'll come and get the piano. Wow. Okay, so people just donate, they donate instruments to you. Can they donate money to you as well right. to buy instruments to get to? Yes. Is that, well, you, can they do that? You can go to jazzforpeace.org. The easiest way to participate with Jazz for Peace, of course, always the easiest way. Go to jazzforpeace.org, yeah. scroll down to the bottom, and you'll just see a little donate button. And if you want, you can drink a, one less cup of coffee and and donate that money to us, whatever, that would be fantastic. You know, you could even say it's for the music instrument or you could say it's for the schools or for the benefit concert series, whatever you want to do. But, um, you know, that's the easy way. And then, of course, our favorite way is when people actually participate. We love it because we know how they feel when they actually participate because they tell us, you know, they write to us and we have a page. It's actually a WordPress page. It's jazzforpeace.wordpress.com and then forward slash about. And that link is just, a, it's so long, you know, you'll never get to the bottom. It hundreds is. Hundreds and hundreds no. of <laughs> concerts all over the world from the actual yeah. organizations themselves, mile long, um, you know, and we just tell people if you want to read it, You'll never read it. But what you can do is just 
like go bring like you know how you do on wheel of fortune spin the wheel just try to go bring like that and just bring and then just stop on one and read that read a handful of them randomly you know because otherwise it's like i said if you ever get to the bottom you get a prize but that prize has been there forever <laughs> no that's cool that's cool and and look tell me about these benefit concerts because you've done like you've done loads and you've done concerts with pretty well-known yeah, people. yeah it's really crazy it's absolutely crazy well what happened was yeah i just you know i had no idea i kind of like um you know, there's a, there's a show in the States called the Beverly Hillbillies. And I used to, you know, tell people I was just bumbling and, you know, I was just, you know, bubble because I was just learning as I was going along. I wrote the poem and then I decided, you know, at this point in my life, I, if I'm not going to live up to the words that I wrote down at this poem, then I'm never going to, you know, after the, after the events of 9-11 and all that. As, and that's the 9-11 poem, yes. yeah? Nine, the 9-11 poem the that you poem wrote. And yeah. I thought, let me try to live up to these words. You know, it's easy to say a bunch of things, then, you know, people don't live up to it. And it's kind of, you know, maybe a little bit hip- hypocritical. But we almost accept hypocrisy in our society. So nobody would fault me. But then I would fault myself at this point in my life. Because I travel all over the world. I knew what I was saying was true. Because I had been all over as a musician, and I knew that the art, the you know, I knew that music uh, brought something very special to the table in terms of healing people, helping people, you know, it, serving a, a purpose other than you know selling alcohol and tickets or things like that. It's, it has a place beyond that, and I wanted to explore the beyond, you know, the things that all these great artists gave us, you know, from the great jazz musicians to, you know, the great classical musicians, all of them. So uh, I started doing benefit concerts in New York, thinking there's probably at least a handful of good causes in New York City. I had no idea there were over 60,000 nonprofit organizations. Yeah, just in New York. That doesn't mean they're all, you know, what they say they are, but they're all registered, you know, and the bottom line is they're all over the world. So I started, you know, hey, you know, let's you let's go to so and so and let's you know, we started getting calls from people in lots of places, you know, whether it was India or Nepal or Africa or Pakistan. And we just started going there. Wow. And so if anyone's listening to this and you need to drag Rick all the way across to Australia to play in a benefit concert for yourselves. Just go on jazzforpeace.org, get in touch. You're going to have to fit them in your busy schedule, Rick. But, um, but yeah, no, you'd be happy to well, come over. Thing, yeah, they can send us an email at info at jazzforpeace.org. And basically, this is what people do. They'll send an email to info at jazzforpeace.org. If someone did it today, for example, and he said, here's my comment. Because what we do is we grow an empowerment tree for your outstanding cause based on your comment, just your honest little comment about our program. And that we call a seedling. And what we do is we look at the comment and say, wow, that person, not only is it a beautiful comment, but it's all true. Everything he said is true, you know? So we take that comment and we put it into like a one page that we go back and forth a little bit to make it perfect. Then he can share that with his board members, with his supporters, with other people, his friends, and they can all make their comment, name, comment, name, and comment list. Guess what that is? It's a VIP list. And those people get the red carpet treatment wow. at the event. 
Those are the most important people. So now we've got that. Those are the roots of the empowerment tree. So that's the roots. With those roots, our slogan, help us plant the roots so we can grow your empowerment tree. With those roots planted, now that we have those VIP names and and, uh, comments, now we can confirm the event, we can confirm the date, we can confirm the city, and we can start the other work to get a venue, to get local sponsors for them in their, you know, in their town, um, get publicity and awareness in the media, um, get larger sponsors, get new and prestigious supporters, and share all of our knowledge. We have 20 years, over 850 events. We must have learned something from all these great organizations. Well, we did, you know. We have oh stuff God, that yeah. we learned. See, not too many people can can say, well, I have a I have a fundraising tip from the Red Cross. I have a fundraising tip from Habitat for Humanity. I have a, but we do because we work with them and they showed us how they how why they're so successful. Their little fundraising tips that they use at these events. So now we can share that with your organization and you can decide, we can decide together which one of these will work for your event. All this knowledge you take with you. We're all about a helpful step forward. And now we feel like we helped all the people in your outreach. So if you're an outstanding cause from, uh, you know, helping kids, we feel like we, we're, we're helping all those kids, you know. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Now you just do you're just doing fantastic stuff out there. And you're unstoppable. Rick, you're unstoppable. Like there is so much you're doing into schools, the benefit gigs and stuff like that. Like what are the future plans for Jazz for Peace? What have you what have you got coming up? What are you doing? Well, one of the biggest things that we're doing right now is uh this whole situation now with freedom of speech and, um, you know, all these things. I mean, these are very important rights. And and we're concerned that if these rights get taken away, it's going to be a nail biter to try to get them back. So you want to protect these rights before they get taken away. And, we, you know, it's a big thing. See, here's the thing. A lot of the times we're working on something, nobody realizes how big it is until after the fact, Okay. We have to decide what we think is a big deal. Nobody else does. And then after the fact, so for example, you know, once I did that poem, uh, one of the things I asked my manager to do was I said, look, can you just call over the United Nations and tell them that I want to do a performance there with Israeli, Palestinian and American jazz musicians, you know? Well, you know, she thought I was a little bit nuts, but she followed my advice. I can, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. But then to, we did gosh, it. How am I going to do this? Right. And then even after we did it, you know, a lot of people didn't. But years later, people looked at it and said, you know what? That was an important culture, blah, blah, blah. They realized it after. So that's the thing. We're doing stuff that we think might be important in the future. And one of those things is uh, we were up to like over 80 performances. One of them was today on your show, as you know. Yes, God and that you. was something the 81st or 82nd. I don't even know what we're up to. I'd have to look at the list, but we're in the 80s. We're getting near 100. And to just to give you an idea, after the 36th performance, and I'm not going to credit just me because a lot of people are in on it. You know, uh, Roger Waters of Pink Floyd is involved. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of big names, a lot of people. You know, I mean, you know, from Edward Snowden to uh, I don't know. There's 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 a bunch of you know, just well, Rand Paul. Yeah, yeah, too many. There's too many. And they're all, we're all on the same team 
whether we're, you know, on speed dials, another ball game, but we are wanting this to happen. And after the 36 performance, you know, coupled with everyone else's screaming and yelling, the New York Times did re- put out a release and say, we are joining the movement to free Julian Assange. This is not right. We've got, you know, these, this, you know, so, so, and then they brought in five other major news outlets and I've noticed there is, I mean, I, I don't know, I, I hope there's strength in numbers because, you know, as I keep going, I do notice more people paying a little bit more attention to, hey, wait a minute, you know, maybe we should reconsider, you know, losing our right to freedom of speech and some of these things here and, you know, consider this movement here, like, you know, putting our two cents in and saying, hey, we want this straightened out here too. Yeah, look, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think, um, Freedom of speech is so important, and if we start to um, if we start to restrict that, then we're walking into a whole world of problems. Um, and and but but in a way, I yeah, I don't want to restrict it, but I think we need to wheedle out the things that are being spread as lies. Well, we so do. there's a lot of things that so mistruths, right? Well, um, but. Um, so it's about reporting and having true freedom of speech, i.e. atrocities that are in other countries um, or in our own countries, right, that are happening that aren't human, you know, that aren't nice. We're not treating people like humans, right? And we're just exploiting people. Right. And here's an example, right? Let's say, uh, you know, some country doesn't like another country. It could be your country. It could be my country. It could be any country. They drop a bomb down and kill some civilians. And now... Nobody wants to write about it because they're afraid they're going to get thrown in jail. Yeah, no, exactly. Let me tell you something. If let me tell you something, it's not going to you don't have to be Einstein if you're in a war to say, hey, you know what? Bomb it. Maybe he's in there. Maybe he's not bombing the whole building because no one's going to know. They won't let they don't let anybody write about it. So you exactly. can't shoot the messenger. You can't shoot, you know, I mean, we've had journalism, journalistic integrity to some degree or other all of my life. I don't feel like any days without it. Well, how would we have known about the Khmer Rouge um, in Cambodia and the atrocities that happened there and various different other things um, that have happened in our history that have been horrendous, right? And how do if you don't then write about them and publicize them, how do we learn about them and how do we stop them from happening going forward? And um, how do we help our children deal with the situations that they're going through? Because our world has changed, right? From when you and me were a kid, right. our world has changed, right? And it's morphed into a more complex environment. So we need to be reporting on all of this stuff. Uh, we need to enable people to have an expression of themselves, right? Whether that be, I don't know, binary, trans, uh, gay, straight, artistic interpretations, um, through music, through art, through clothes, through makeup, whatever, right? We're all, we've all just got to embrace us as human beings. That's, you know, it's yeah, not-, and not only that, but I think we need to allow opposing voices to voice their opinion because I often get strength from my critics because they'll say something and I have to say, well, wait a minute. They might have been wrong about this, that and the other. But that little point there 
maybe yeah. I can pick up on that and strengthen my position by correcting that little thing they pointed out. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you, know, you can't, yeah, you can't just um, silence everybody. You know, I also like to know what the other side is doing and saying. So if, you know, I don't want you to shut them down, then I don't know what they're doing and don't know what's going on. I think it's, you know, you have to have, um, you know what else we need? Checks and balances. Because if you don't have checks and balances, it's human nature. A lot of the problems are not with humans. It's with human nature. If you give somebody an opportunity and you just keep, giving them the impression that they can just rob the, you know, they can just, eventually they're going to stick their hand in the cookie jar and take everything. And and that's not what they wanted to be in their soul. You know, they would have, believe me, at the end of the day, they themselves would have preferred that somebody stop them from what they couldn't help themselves from. You know what I mean? You got to have certain checks and balances. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So that's, so that's what you guys have got planned for the future then to actually defend this freedom of speech and um and keep moving forward with educating of children and like um the benefit concerts and stuff like that well, keep helping people right. you basically help people yeah well we want to continue the benefit concert series we want to you know we want to keep the instrument donation and the educational system but i'll tell you something we could use more help in the educational system from the actual teachers because what we found and you know i hate to have to say this but it's just part of again it's human nature a lot of people yeah. will get in you know they get in uh they get in they get themselves in as a teacher or a whatever and then instead of contacting jazz for peace or or responding to jazz for peace or working with jazz for peace they oh well my friend over here if i give him that opportunity to come in and do, then he'll give me that you know he'll get i'll do that you know they start playing politics with each other do you know what I mean? and they don't bring in you know something that is above and beyond do you know what i mean now the children are only having access to their own teachers you know that's, yeah, they need it. Well, they need to like, uh, you know, I think it's good. And it happens quite a lot here. Actually, they're very good here. I'm actually bringing in external factors and, and external people to the schools to actually bring them in and actually go from there. So it's pretty good. So look, where can um, I know we've mentioned your website, but let's do it again, uh, because you you're you're everywhere, aren't you? So it, it's jazzforpeace.org yes. is where you where people can go but then there's links off of jazzforpeace.org that basically they can then go and look at the educational series and what the other stuff that you're doing yes. am i right so what i would suggest go to jazzforpeace.org have a look around watch a couple of things there's one you know we try to give you the most bang for the least, least amount of time so one video is called how to get a grant in three and a half minutes it's only three and a half minute video you can watch that video in three and a half minutes Send us an email at info at and get real specific. Say, look, this is I, this is what I thought of your program. And I'd like to know about this. I'd like to know we have a school. We'd like to know about the education series or we have, you know, kids that need instruments or we have, you know, an outstanding cause, whatever it is. And now we can work together, giving them the, just the exact things that they need. Don't get me wrong. We love when people just, you know, 
have a ball and you know take time but like i said you can you can go there see a little thing and then go there now there are other things you can do that are fun if you want to have fun you could type into google my name rick delarada and put famous quote and for whatever reason i have a famous quote on the internet what's your famous quote the quote is if we fill our souls up with creativity artistry, humanity, intellectuality, things of that nature, we will have a better chance at avoiding the behavior that leads to destruction. I said it off the top. Yeah, you know what? I said it again. That's like my improvisation. I just said it in an interview off the top of my head. But the interview oh came God. out and the little quote got lifted and somebody, I don't know how they did it, but somebody put it on their famous quotes page or whatever. I don't know if they all did that once or somebody. I don't know how it happened, but I would start. Yeah, I would be looking for something on the Internet and I would I couldn't find what I'm looking for. But I see my favorite 50 quotes of all time. And it's Einstein and, you know, Tesla and, you know, Gandhi. And I and you yeah, he put me in there. So I'm like, how did that that's awesome. Yeah. And I don't know how it happened. You know what I mean? But it's on all the famous quotes website. But I mean, that's a fun thing you can do. Wow. And from there, you can go to other things. Um, another thing, you can go to rickdelarada.com if you just want to see. Oh, yes. And a lot of what I did before Jazz Piece is on there because, you know, you know, people might want to know, well, how, how did it, how did that happen? How did you get to there? How did that? You know? Well, you were a performer. Look, at the end of the day, this is not Jasper Peace. It's not just who you are. It's a part of who you are. But you perform. Like, you perform for Jasper Peace, but you also perform, don't you? Well, you have to realize, I mean, if it wasn't for my career and it wasn't for the resume that you see when you go to rickdelorotic.com, you know, nobody would have listened to me when I started, you know, saying, you know, I want to do this at the United Nations. I want, you know, this senator or this congressman to come out in support of this. You know, so, I mean, I kind of ask people to do things. And then if they say, well, who the hell are you? I say, well, that's who I am. And then they say, oh, yeah. you know what? I think I will yeah. send a nice letter to this event for this Austin. You see what I mean? So, you know. Yeah, no, exactly. It you know, yeah. it's okay. Pull your influence. It's fine. Right. <laughs> so that's okay. No, that's cool. And like, are you like, I hate to say this, but are you on Instagram and Facebook and all of those areas? You know, or? I'm on them. Now, am I personally sitting around on them all day? Probably not. I'm rubbish. But I do. You know, if you, there's, I think it's Jazz for Peace is the one you can type into Instagram to get to that. Um, oh, okay. Facebook, Facebook, there's a bunch of them because we have so many volunteers at Jazz for we have volunteers and they can be from anywhere. And some of them would say, oh, we have to have a Facebook. Well, a bunch of them put up different Facebook pages. But I think the official one is them. Jazz for Grant. And that's for the Facebook. Okay. But if you go to, there's, you can easily find a Jazz for Peace page. I just don't know which volunteer is running it, what the, you know. But yeah, you can yeah. go on Facebook and find a lot of stuff about Jazz for Peace. Um, now, the other one's what? Uh, Twitter. We're on Twitter. We're on Twitter. Well, I was on Twitter Spaces. For an uh, interview. Oh, I don't even know what that is. And then. Um, oh, really? Wait a minute. Another one is LinkedIn. We are on LinkedIn. And I'm personally on LinkedIn. And some of our staff members are on LinkedIn. And you know what? That one is pretty cool because people are, they should be contacting you for professional purposes. I don't know if they always do, but they should. It's kind of set up for that, right? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So if they want to see more details on you, Rick, then they can, they can go to any go there. social media platform and find. They let's face it, 
they can just type in your name because I've typed in your name and got pages of information, right? So that's all they need to do. All Jazz for Peace. It's all there. It's great. It's great. So look, I have one final question for you. One final question. And it's not about music, so I'm sorry. But if you could recommend a book for my listeners, because I'm creating a big, massive list of books that have influenced my um, my um, guests, uh, what would it be? I was just on a podcast called Book 101. Oh, my God. And they asked okay. me for a book. So I just happened. I mean, there's a few books in my life. You know, listen, I'm not going to listen. Oh, Dost- I've got loads. I'll be honest with you. Dostoevsky and some of these philosopher guys, they wow me. I mean, it's just amazing yeah. what that man accomplished from a Siberian freaking, uh, right? A, some kind of a Siberian death camp that he was in. And he with all this stuff. But this is the one on the book. Now, what, what I liked about this, this was given to me by a man. I don't know if you can see it. I probably can't. Probably oh, can't. But anyway, no. it's called Another Voice Crying in the Wilderness. Another Voice oh. Crying in the Wilderness. It's by okay. a man named Professor Guy McPherson. And he is a climate scientist. And we gave him an award. And we were looking for an unbiased climate scientist. Now, people don't like him because his news, the news he has isn't great. Um But I happen to be concerned. Listen, I hope, listen, he hopes he's wrong. I hope he's wrong. But we, I think any, anyone who is concerned about sea ice has a right to be, because this is my opinion. If you lose that sea ice up in the Arctic, if the warming loses it, um, you're going to have, you're going to have sunlight going directly into water. Do you know what I mean? That's a big difference than reflecting off the ice. You know what I'm saying? And it's going directly into water that can cause a lot of warming and that can trigger other Exactly. Et cetera. So anyway, um, this, but but here's the thing. What I like about uh, this book, it's the message. It said, listen, there's a lot of problems with the climate that we might not be able to fix. We might not be able to do anything about. But here's what we can do. Here's what we can do. We can live our lives to our fullest. We can be caring and giving. We can love one another. We can look out for each other. We can care for each other. And we can just put our best life, you know, play a good game of life. And that's what I was already doing through Jazz for Peace. So I'm really happy. He's saying, irregardless of what happens with the climate, we have the right, we have the ability to to uh, react in a in this way. Do you know what I mean? And- yeah. And, and I, yeah, and I have to say, you know, I think if we actually are nicer to each other, mm-hmm. And we actually aren't just money grabbing and, you know, right. all the selfish sides of human nature, right? right. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to sort this out, but maybe we'd sort of, we can get to a point of at least making it a little bit less messed up. Um, I was reading today I that the, because the, yeah, and I was reading today that the polar ice caps are melting and warming up the water already, right? So they're talking right. about the currents in the sea starting right. to slow, right? right? And so if we actually have those currents slow, it's going to be a major impact on climate well, change. Well, that's what I was talking about. And now 
This book is all aphorisms, and aphorism mean it's just a little ditty from the top of somebody's head. And he got it from yeah. a person named Edward Abbey, who was his a kind of a mentor for him. And he did, and and this guy Edward Abbey did a book of aphorisms, and he called it a voice crying in the wilderness. So this guy called his book another voice crying in the wilderness. And at my concert, wow. he gave me the book, and it says to Rick with awe with respect and with love, Guy McPherson. So I figured I better read this one, right? Oh, um, yeah, no, you know defo. What? You can open it up to any page. You don't have to read page by page. You can open up a page and read a couple aphorisms. You know what I mean? For example, I'm just going right. to do that right now. This is just uh, random. Um, Socrates famously concluded that the unexamined life is not worth living. I'm surprised it took two millennial for somebody that's somebody being Schopenhauer to realize that the examined life is far, far worse. So in other words, they're just little ditties that make you think, you know, um, a word to the wise is unnecessary and a word to an idiot generally falls on deaf ears. So, <laughs> these are the little things yeah. that are in there, little senses like that. No, that's cool. And people can't see this, but um, when you hold the book up, there's so many things that you've marked in that book and like, you know, you've got notes and stuff within there so i can say you've definitely read it rick you've definitely read it but no that's cool that's cool so look thank you so much for coming on the podcast giving us a little bit of culture with your jazz music um it's been a pleasure talking to you likewise claire yeah no i wish you all the best with everything you're doing people in australia if you need rick and his Jazz for Peace, please get in contact with him. We need more instruments and we need more music in our schools, um, basically, as well. Um, I'm, I'm seeing my son did a performance the other day, which was great, but we need more of it because we've got to cultivate culture and arts in our schools because that's what's, that's what's going to heal us in the end. Yes, I agree. Cool. Well, look, I will let you get on. Um, it is evening for you, uh, so have a good evening, and um, we'll speak soon. Yes, I really do hope to make it down under someday. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you would like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family. And finally drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content you want to hear just like this. If you want to check out our past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com we are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.